Welcome to From Uniforms to Unicorns. This podcast is all about our experience as female corrections officers, our challenges, our triumphs, and our transitions out of the career. Lauren and I have always had a significant bond friends, moms, and business owners that happen to be in prison. Life attempted to separate us, but we always found a way back to each other through huge life milestones, tragedy, and random text messages saying, I thought of you today. We know there is huge curiosity surrounding these topics, and we aren't the only ones that struggle. There are also incredible stories just waiting to be shared, and we want this to be a safe place for us and you to talk about the often unspoken world of corrections. Grab a coffee, head out on a walk, or just take a break. Let me warn you, we have no idea what we're doing. <laughs> From uniforms to uniforms. Hi, Sharon. Hi, Lauren. How's it going? Good. How are you? Good, good. Good. Are you done? Are you, what are you holding I'm in done there, laughing. <laughs> I know I'm laughing. I don't know why. I'm done uh, laughing, though. We, we're so excited today. Today, we uh, we get to have the Combat Divas. Yay! Yeah, we do. Woo! Oh, we're so excited. <laughs> we got to do their podcast a little while ago, and we were holding out to have them on ours for a little bit, but they are here today. Yay. Thanks, ladies. We're so, we're so excited. <laughs> Thank you, guys. So, um, I'm gonna, yeah, I'm going to start with Tanisha B. Can you um, just tell us about a little bit about yourself? You don't have to go, like, way back. Just tell us uh, everything. <laughs> but don't go way back oh, don't go way back but we want the deep dark dirty secrets too Ooh. <laughs> i haven't even had any drinks yet yeah. <laughs> go get one oh, wait. go get one <laughs> oh, I'm like, i need to get look i went to the store i rushed today i didn't get a chance to get no alcohol oh, oh. you must not be on lockdown anymore then no, we're not. Was, we're not yeah. on lockdown. Uh, they trying to open up everything, you know, money. Um, okay. So about me. Wow. When did you start oh in the military? Okay. So I how old were you? That far back. Okay. So yeah. I was 17 years old. Oh. Uh, when I joined, my mom had to sign consent for me to for me to join. So uh, my mom, she was a single parent. She, um, the motivation was her saying, find the money. I found the money. And then I've been belonging to Uncle Sam all the way up until today. So, oh, wow. Yeah. So I'm, this December will be 19 years of honorable service thus far. I got one more, one more year and some change to go. So, oh, wow. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Crazy. Yeah. No kidding. I feel like that sometimes too. Nuts, nuts. That is that nice. nice. That okay. is. But and I'm able to um to go to college. Um got me a BA in mass media productions communications. So I did go in and actually accumulate what I was trying to, you know, what I was trying, what I went into the service for and, oh, you know, serve my country and be a patriot. Oh. <laughs> That's that. Yeah. Woo. Yes. Yes. Serve America. Yes. Yes. 
months. Mm-hmm. 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 Oh, wow. <laughs> well, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> I can't believe I didn't know you. It was that long, but that's good for you. Yes. Like I guess. Like I congratulations. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think. Like I'm happy if you're happy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So tell us about that. Tell us because I. We're Canadian, so our military is very different, but I don't know a lot about either or. So tell us what that was like. Um, it was it's basically a roller coaster. The thing that uh, keeps me motivated is what happened? Just oh. yeah, what keeps you motivated? <laughs> the thing that keeps me um that kept that keeps me motivated is um being able to be an example for my son he's 12 years old now um and then your battle buddies kind of keep you motivated to stay in because this is like your family so after you know getting you know obtaining my degree and everything i'm like everything else was just like the camaraderie that uh kept me motivated to stay in um ups and downs with toxic leadership within the ranks um did two tours of duty, um, Iraq, the first tour, and then Iraq and Kuwait, the second tour. And that's why I'm like my first tour, I developed a whole lot more, you know, the, the PTSD part of it all from my first tour, because I seen a whole hell of a lot more in the first tour than I'd seen in the second tour. And the second tour is where, uh, me and, uh, Tiffany, me and her served, uh, together for the second tour. So is that but, where you guys met? That's yeah. where you guys met. Yeah. We um me and Tiffany, we initially met at the unit, but we didn't get close until we were on recruiting duty together. And oh, okay. um that was around the time I was like uh like a couple months pregnant with my son at the time. So that's when uh, me and her got close and then when we uh went overseas, like when we were preparing to go overseas the second time, we was like just really close battle buddies after that and been, you know, tight ever since. Um, but other than outside of that, I'm just, you know, not just, I don't want to say just, just to minimize it, but I am a single parent right now taking care of my son and my mom during this, uh, this pandemic. And I work for another government entity on a civilian side. Oh, nice. Yeah. Nice. Wow, congratulations. That's a big That's a lot. Yeah, that's a lot. (laughs) That's a lot. That's awesome. It don't feel like a lot sometimes until you start talking about it. You was like, damn. Right? (laughs) (laughs) Big deal. Big deal. Awesome. And and Tiffany, when when did you start with the military? And and both of you, whenever um at some point, like what led you both to choose that? Poverty. Poverty, right. <laughs> uh, we, uh, I, I joined when I was, uh, I was like 20, uh, well, I was 19. And um, wow. the same, I couldn't pay for college, you know. So mm-hmm. it was, um, my, my grandparents raised me and they were elderly, you know. So it's like they couldn't, you know, they were on a fixed income. They couldn't really, you know, help. And I was working a job, but it wasn't enough. So it's like, how do, how do I afford college? And, uh, this smooth talking recruiter was like, Hey, I got the money. Yeah, we'll pay for college. <laughs> I was like, Oh, I didn't even realize what they themselves. The army, oh, that's okay. 
I mean, tomorrow's Mother's Day, and so it's it's good to talk about all that stuff because that's the hardest uh, transition. Like we are uh, in the jail, and we had our babies, right, Lauren? And yeah. it was <laughs> so hard to uh, like to just leave them and be at the jail and work and all that stuff. So and that, not know if you were going to get to go home that night or they were yeah, to stay, see them. Uh, right? Yeah. So yeah. Yeah, same thing, That's trying great. to juggle childcare and someone who is willing to take that baby. If you don't get to go home that night, exactly. right? Exactly. Like just in case, you know, you, you gotta yeah. have a just in case thing. So like, Oh, we're not, you can't get off in time. You know, we oh, need about right. five, six more hours, you know, mm-hmm. it's, it's just, no schedule. it's just like the jail system. I'm sure like being a corrections officer, there was no real schedule. I mean, it was a schedule, but you know, shit changes at the last minute. It's like mm-hmm. somebody can't come in, like understaff. What the fuck do you do? You can't just go home. Mm-hmm. You gotta, mm-hmm. that's it. So you know, you you gotta find a way to balance that. Tell your kid, hey, I won't be home, and you know, balance balance your regular job. And that it it stressed me out to such a point. And I think uh, Lauren and I talked about this before. It stressed me out to such a point where I always felt like I had to be up. If that made sense, like I to the point where I took uppers and we talk about this in a book and in our book, um, where I, um, I started to use cocaine, like just to stay awake, you know, stay up and stay moving and stay motivated, you know, cause I thought that was the way. Like, <laughs> so, mm-hmm. um, I did that for a very long time. So I had a r- really bad crash. Um, and, uh, you know, I, 
Yeah, I still deal with it today. I, I'm not. I'm. I'm clean. Uh, let me say that for for the reference. But um, <laughs> I uh, I <laughs> I just it took a, it took a while for me to just get clean and stay clean. And you know, but my kid and my husband have a lot to do with that too. You know, I have a lot to I have a lot to lose, so I, I try to keep myself straight. So That's good. Fair. That's yeah. fair. Yeah. Very great. So. Yes, exactly. Yeah. So and, then, and that's, that's the hardest thing too. I could have, is I have a better story like Tanisha. I went to school and <laughs> I got no that shit. No, straight for the hard stuff. Like, yeah. <laughs> hey, yeah, let's do that. Thankfully, I I don't I don't have that struggle, but I do have the uh, empathy for those who do struggle with that because I I didn't have it but my father had a substance abuse problem and uh thankfully Tiff was a is still able to overtake hers unlike my dad he wasn't able to uh, conquer his you know his addiction so now I'm, I'm grateful I don't I don't have that story but I mean I understand it yeah, yeah. exactly right and you know it, yeah it's still it's a tough, it's a tough thing to go through. And, uh, that, that awareness piece that comes with it of like, I know, I know I'm, I can be just as good. I just have yeah. to put in a little bit. It's, it's a lot more hard work. Right. Um, yep, exactly. but we're, we're up for the challenge. So, uh, <laughs> here we go. <laughs> okay. So you mentioned the book. Let's talk about the book real quick. Tell yeah. us about the book. The so these are actually going uh, really well, um, better than we probably initially imagined. So when the pandemic happened, you know, we we're all like on lockdown. And I, me, I felt I'm the ambitious one of the group. Um, I felt like we wanted to write our stories down and like tell them on a, you know, I, I, just, I just thought we needed to keep telling our stories, right? And uh, so the book was, the book idea came up and things was like, uh, I don't know. I don't like writing. I'm like, ah, we can do this. Come on. So I kind of like dragged her along, and um, she she wrote am amazingly, and and I wrote, and we found someone to kind of help us with the fine tuning and the publishing, and man, we we wrote the book in a year and got it out. So it, it is oh, now uh, published, and uh, it's doing very well. So awesome. I'm pretty excited yeah. about that. We we're a couple thousand copies in uh, sold, so that's pretty great. And so we're just, and you know. tell us right now, like plug it now. What's the name of the book? Sure. The name of the book is Combat Divas Chronicles, Survival Guide, A Booster Hills Journey from uh, Trauma to Triumph. And it's just like pretty much a, uh, what do you call it, Tanisha? A collage. A collage of our stories. Oh, and, nice. And um, we, we all put it together and just to tell our stories and how we overcame, you know. Yeah. It, was, uh, it was a lot to go through from time to time, but it was, it was I'm always baffled every time I say I overcame that. Like, damn, that was a lot of shit. Yeah. That was, <laughs> <laughs> was like, you can't be so dark. We have to, we can't, we have to uh, reorganize how this, the, how the book is. You can't just go from like, we're light, then we're dark, dark, light, and dark. So we have to put <laughs> all the dark shit first and then have all the life stuff it'll be like from that's the trauma and then towards the end of the book is the the triumph part of it all so i was like yeah okay because yeah. okay, i'm always like ah this shit fuck this and blah 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 and she's like, <laughs> yeah. no, 
you you no. gotta you have to have some type of something at the end of that like you have to have it has to end in a sense or like on a lighter note or, or find like a silver lining or a bright spot or this right. sucks but i learned this from that yes 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 then you learn mm-hmm. from a terrible situation it's always something yeah so yeah, so, yeah. yeah. that's good Awesome. I ordered my copy, but I haven't got it yet. I'm waiting. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I don't know why it's taking so long. And you ordered on Amazon too. So. Yeah, I did oh, order on Amazon. Oh wow. Yeah. Come on, like the come on, these people. Amazon's supposed to be like Yeah. yeah. I know. They're not they're not that great. Oh. The whole the lockdown situation because I don't know if you guys are ever going to get out of lockdown. Like, right? I know we're we're going into number three now. All of a sudden, so that's what I said to Lauren. Let's uh, let's get some podcasting done because <laughs> my business just shut down for the third time. I'm just like, oh, thanks, no. government. I know, but it's okay because like you guys, I'm looking for the silver lining. It's getting harder <laughs> and harder, right? Every day. Yeah. <laughs> Oh wow! The oh, silver right. lining is we get to podcast. We get to That's podcast, <laughs> but only if our kids aren't doing school. I so know, it's like... unless the internet crashes. <laughs> oh no! no. <laughs> That's terrible. Oh, it is God. terrible. It sounds like we live like in butt fuck nowhere, which we don't. But I mean, when there's like a thousand people on the internet, it's like, <laughs> yeah. like it's Canada for crying out loud. It's supposed to be like, look, I, I thought you all would be more open than America, but they, I know. you know, they on the internet, they clown America so bad. They'd be like, mm-hmm. oh, that's the reason why your numbers is up and you see people partying no mask you see people down at the yeah, beach all up on up. each other and it's like this is why this is why you guys up. <laughs> this is why you guys are dying because yeah. americans americans are stupid so <laughs> well well let's see what happens here see what happens. we'll see what happens it's uh yeah it's trying oh. but i mean what do you do it yeah Nothing. Yeah, you gotta make the best of it, man. You gotta, you gotta exactly. embrace the yeah, Okay, so give us. Can I? Can you each give us an example of like trauma to triumph? Or yeah, yeah that's a I'd good love one. To hear yeah. that. I um uh one one example that that we use in the book is um I man I'm gonna go dark again. I'm sorry, but okay. um I um when I was uh like in transit, I was still active in the military, but I was at such a low point. I, I had undiagnosed PTSD at the time, and um, I just did not know what was going on with me. I was very at a very low point, very depressed, but I was an expert at putting on a face, you know, like, so I could be fabulous in front of people, like, oh, hey, you know, and great, laughing and, and everything. And as soon as I get home, I take that mask off, I was back to depressed, back to the lowest point ever. And um, I was at such a low point that I contemplated suicide. I, I contemplated and, like, it really was um, just felt like I wanted to end it all. And um, as I was, you know, kind of contemplating it, my one of my battle buddies gave me a call and was just, like, shooting the shit, you know, like, hey, you know. And uh, throughout our conversation when he called, it just really lifted up my spirits at that time. And he didn't know what I was going through and. You know, I didn't tell him what I was going through. We just ended up making it a conversation. And um, he just pretty much turns it all around. And I remember asking for a sign, like, just something to let me know that I wouldn't be this hopeless. I wouldn't have so much pain, you know, that I was feeling just mentally. I was just in agony. 
and um and he he didn't say anything like so encouraging it was just the it was the reaching out at the right time and uh i say this all the time it's so important to reach out at the right time and check on our friends and stuff like that because you don't know what somebody else is going through you know and um he reached out at just the right time and kind of brought me back from a very dark place end up talking to me all the way home it, we end up getting married uh like a year oh. later we weren't dating or anything but he was in my unit he was like one of my sergeants and uh <laughs> Later on, I felt I, I found out he was checking me out. All the time. I was like, "You looking at my booty, man?" But, uh, <laughs> we, uh, we, ended up, we ended up getting married, and uh, we, you know, we have our daughter together. And he's been just a rock, just a solid guy, just so amazing, and has really uh, been a foundational part of of, of my life. So uh, that was a part, a point of my life where I was in a lot of tra- trauma and pain, and. Um, I kind of got a chance to turn that around and I'm very excited about that because, you know, I'm here. So Awesome. I, awesome. I'm always asking for signs. I love that you're like, yeah, I asked for a sign. Yeah. It's yeah. It's a very cool thing. And I think when you go through something traumatic or sig- a few things that are traumatic, you start to like trust the universe a little bit more mm-hmm. to say like, yeah. show me, yes. show me that this is going to end soon, that there's something else. And you, Um, yeah, you always believe there's something guiding you. Right. And I I have to have gone through for, through this for a reason. Right. So, yeah. Right. Exactly. And I, I, I I am a sign person. I'm always asking, Oh, I need a sign, you know, um, not even just to get out of a hard part, but just what, I mean, it's just not that the military was so bad, but it just, it takes you through so many changes, you know, the whole culture shock, the whole transition, the whole, I'm doing this and this only, and I'm only around these people for this amount of time. And then all of a sudden I go home, which I've been wanting to do, right? I'm ready to go home, but now home isn't home anymore. Where I was just at was home. So now I got to figure this shit out again. Like I had to buy groceries. I got to dress myself. Nobody's telling me what to do all day. Like mm-hmm. what is happening? And like it ends up starting into some kind of stress and anxiety. Like it, mm-hmm. you, you just hold it with you every day, you know? And I mean, Tanisha was joking about this. Like we even like still, speak the lingo you know we we talk the, it's, it's embedded in our language we can't even get rid of that shit so mm-hmm. oh it's crazy <laughs> no, anyway that's, that's my drama i'm in a route like nobody says that you're like we i'm in route i'm in route you're like no eta and shit like all right we're talking like we're on the field What's my trauma story? Oh my God. Mm. Oh, well, (laughs) I know my trauma story. So mine is my first deployment. I was 19 and I was assaulted sexually. And I spent 15 years up until like, I think it was 15 years until I actually told somebody that what actually happened in detail and it was and it came from like having a breakdown like a like a like a mini breakdown at work all of a sudden i'm just now i'm just out of nowhere just crying and can't get a hold of myself i went straight to the va and make sure i told them no i'm not trying to kill myself or anything like that because you don't want to be on lockdown at the damn va for several weeks so I told them, you know, whatever I needed to tell them. And I told my story and I, and that's when they finally, I I knew that I had like PTSD, but it was never diagnosed. And that's when they diagnosed me with PTSD that day. Um, and I told them what happened to me and 
even then I spent 15 years blaming myself mm-hmm. for what happened. It's my fault. Uh, had, cause the guy, I'm like, I was already like, you know, talking to the guy I was very friendly with the guy and me and him had already had, you know, you know, messed around or whatever, but it was that one day to where I'm like, I, I liked him, but I didn't know that he didn't like me, like probably more than likely didn't like me as much as I thought he did. Or I liked or mutual feelings mm-hmm. and the person gave me, gave me alcohol and it was like a weird setting. Um, and he allowed someone else to enter into, into our, into that space. And I spent years saying like, why didn't I, why didn't I fight? Did I say no? Could I remember what I said? I couldn't remember what I said. I remember feeling like I was in danger, but I was like, no, you should have fought back. You're, you're, you're a soldier. You, you know, you're trained and all this stuff. And, and I was thinking like, had I not went there, this would have never happened. And had I not did this, this wouldn't happen. And I had all of that circling around in my brain for years thinking that it was my fault and not understanding that that did affect my relationship uh relationships when I came back home just my sexual behavior with you know with other men and it wasn't until I finally got therapy a couple of years ago and we went through the numbers because I went through all other different therapies with the VA and I couldn't, and I'm like, and I just remember spending all that, that whole hour just unpacking all my shit and they just listening like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and I never got any coping tools or anything or other little exercises or what I could do to, you know, just to help me in my mental mind. And I went to a different, um, hospital and it had great therapy for, for military, um, veterans or just people in the military period. And he finally broke it down to me and we did our homework and I was like, it's not my fault. It took me all that long time to realize that it didn't matter where I went. It didn't matter what I was doing. It didn't matter what I drank, whatever happened. It wasn't my fault because that person had control over their actions and what they did to me and what they did to me is their fault and not mine. Mm -hmm. And I still, you know, I I still work through that today, but I still remind myself that it wasn't my fault. It wasn't my fault. Exactly. And that's, I mean, the triumphant part, I guess the, the triumphant part would be just knowing that it wasn't nothing that I could have done different to stop what happened mm-hmm. to me because it wasn't my fault. It wasn't yes. your fault. Oh no. yeah. It totally wasn't. I'm yes. so sorry that happened to you. I had, I was like, I, look, I'm working on it. I'm like, it was, I was in, I was, I felt it coming. I was like, I right, just, it's okay. That's you're <laughs> it's so, okay. you're so brave to share. Yes. That's not yes. an easy thing to share. And you know, it could touch just one person. Your story helps. Yeah even yeah. one person right so and to it's, even yeah. think for a second maybe it wasn't mm-hmm. my fault right like to exactly. even just think that for a millisecond and then be like maybe someone will listen to me if i talk to them about it so yeah, oh. mm-hmm. yeah. Oh. It, 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 she actually was brave enough to put this in the book and it, i know it was very hard for her to to even talk about this but 
and she kept telling herself like this is this is me getting past it this is me not allowing this situation to have control over me and now i can help somebody else because sexual assault and sexual harassment is something so big in the military yeah and uh, it happens all too all too much and it's normalized to the point where you you do tend to second guess yourself like well maybe i did this or if you don't second guess yourself somebody else is gonna you know they're they victim blame a lot and it's it's very rampant and you know that's why you have these like group of survivors that they, they go on and tell their stories and I know Sanisha didn't want to be part of that group like now nah, fuck that but she did an amazing job I'm really proud of her for doing that so. oh yeah that the, edits, is... the edits were were very uh, trying because uh, when it came down to like just proofreading and going back over those sections um, the editor and Tiffany they took turns reading that that portion of it because it's sometimes just reading it back because it's in more it's more detailed in the book and sometimes like I have this thing to where when I'm reading something everything just showed like every like the whole scene just shows back up in my head so yes. I'm like I can hear it that's fine but I'm like I started reading those words and it was it was it was hard for me so what? I'm grateful for them to just you know work through it I worked through it just writing it out because I was like, you got to get it out. You got to get it out. Have to take some breaks. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Yes. But I finally got it out. They read it back and I was like, all right, cool. So I don't go back to that portion of the book. I don't read that part of the book. Yeah. So everybody else read it and then they, they'll hit me up and be like, oh my God, I didn't know. Even people that are people I served with, they was like, that was on that tour with me was like, Oh my God, I had no idea. Mm-hmm. They thinking they had, I know it was other stories that went around thinking otherwise or thinking whatever, whatever they said to them as, as, you know, reason why I left the tour two months early. Um, it was just people saying like, I, I had no idea. So I'm glad that they finally know after all these years, almost 18 years ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. So I'm like, I realized, I'm like, man, I'm half the age that I was <laughs> when I deployed. Yes. Went overseas at 18 years old. And I'm like, now I'm half that. I'm like, oh my God. Yes. <laughs> it's, and you know, it's so funny. Sharon and I hear that all the time. I had no idea. Like I got up and spoke at like a suicide awareness uh, convention and it was like, I was like, oh yeah, I can do this. And then a bunch of correctional officers that I knew like came and sat at a table and I was like, oh fuck, I don't want to do this anymore. Like I can talk to not my people, but like if you had to stand up in front of like all your military people, it'd be harder than talking to a group of strangers. Yeah, Oh shit. And literally everybody was like, I had no idea. I had no idea. That's what you went through. Even like Sharon's like, I had no idea when she found out. And I was like, yeah, you don't tell people because Mm -hmm. you don't want to lose your job. You don't want to be the person that, you know, they don't want to work with because you're, drinking all night and taking medication yep. and who wants to work with that no, chick? Yeah. Yeah. Sure. I mean, but I am that chick, right? Tanisha didn't find out until, until we were writing the book and she was like, Oh my fucking God. Why didn't you call me? Or, you know, like, you know, you're just going through shit and you don't, I mean, no, you're that, I was uh, so, we were doing our pod. No, she mentioned this. Like oh, yeah. I didn't. 
So she mentioned it during our podcast, but then I didn't know the detail, like all further off into the detail until I got to the book. But when she said that, when we were in the studio, I was in tears. I was like, you what? Oh, what? You was about to do what? Like, Where was I? Now I'm feeling like it's my fault. Cause I'm like, mm-hmm. what was I at? What was I doing? Yes, what was I, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's, that's like exactly it. If, if they, if they would have called me and said that Tiffany passed away, I would have lost my shit. Mm-hmm. 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 Yeah. It, was a, it was a rough point. Lauren and I get each other. We're kindred spirits. I don't know. We, I have so many friends that have had COVID like around this area. And I'll yeah. always text and say like, let me know if you need anything. But lately I've just been like, I'm coming over. What can I bring? Yeah. Instead of like, what do you need? Because us, for us to ask for help as like, women put in very strong independent roles is tough and i know even moms like yeah you could Mm -hmm. be struggling but you go no i'm fine don't worry about us we're good like we're eating eating crackers and wieners because i'm too proud to ask you to get us Mm -hmm. groceries but i'm like i'm I'm coming over like i'm bringing something so if you don't pick i'll pick for you uh yeah it's so true because you don't ask for help you as a woman as a as a mom as a strong person who you know play has these roles in their life it's hard to ask for help right so you are like well where was i it's like you were right there but i didn't tell you shit because i didn't want you i didn't want you you to worry (laughs) i don't ask because i hate i hate being at the mercy feeling like i'm at the mercy of somebody of course. Oh. It's been times that I did, you know, kind of acts or allow myself to be helped. And people help you, they have their hand out to help you with razor blades in their hands. Mm-hmm. So they're helping you, but it hurts. They're hurting you as they're helping you. Mm-hmm. Like it's like, and, and that's one of those things to where it's like, that's why I don't ask for help. I had a yeah. friend and I we never really got past it because it was one time I was really truly struggling. And I, you know, didn't know how I was going to make it from one day, you know, to the next, as far as income had about $20 in my account, trying to make it work. And she offered groceries and we went grocery shopping and she just like, just turned into like a bitch. And I was like, I left, I was so proud and like had so much pride. I left those groceries in her car. I couldn't wait to get, cause I wasn't even in my own car. If I was in my own car, oh, I would have left that bitch, her and her fucking groceries. <laughs> but I was so powerful that I was hurt on the way, like just coming from the store and making it to my car to get home. And I think I had my, I'm not sure if I had my son with me at the time. I don't think I had my son with me at the time. And I, when I got out the car, I left those groceries in the car. Mm-hmm. Because yeah. I'm like, you, you're not going to do that to me or have something to hold over my head and I was like and that was like a breakup like me and her were very close and I had cut her off that day it was like I don't need this mm-hmm. and it was hurtful because I was like I would have never imagined that type of attitude coming from her because she felt like oh if it was me you wouldn't help me and I'm like and I've always been that helpful person like if you mm-hmm. need me to take you somewhere if you need me to show up somewhere you need me to just whatever I'm there if I can help, if I'm available. And when she said that to me, I was just like, fuck you and these groceries. 
and I don't, and, and I'll never ask for help again. Right? Yeah, that that's experience exactly it. was so negative that it, it takes my mom, she forces her help on me. She was like, I know you're not going to ask, but here's a hundred dollars. I'm like, especially like in a pandemic and you know like as a as a woman as a strong woman as a mother as you know and and all the experience you have and then going now I have to ask for help right I know yeah and so you don't and we're all drawn to like a traditionally male dominated career right so you add that into there you can't be weak because and you can't be vulnerable right with anybody because you're you're outside of jail friends or outside of the military friends they don't always get it so you can't be vulnerable you have to just be strong because that's what they see right until you say i don't feel like myself or something's going on here but i don't know what it is right Mm -hmm. yep absolutely absolutely and you guys, we haven't even talked about your podcast. You guys talked I know. about, well, I said we were on it. That's it. <laughs> we didn't even talk about it. It's on my list to talk about, but it's, we're well, first not... of all, we had an amazing show with you guys on it. Thank you so much for, for that talking with so us. That was so fun. Yeah. When I found you guys' podcast, I mean, I was cracking up and I'm like, I gotta I got talk to them. Like, I, I just think this is like <laughs> the craziest shit ever. So, um, but yeah, so we have a podcast. It's a Combat Divas podcast. It's um, it's pretty much on all the platforms, Apple being a main one, Spotify, another one. Um, and uh, we just kind of talk our, we talk, well, we started out wanting to just talk our stories from the military and from the female perspective. And it kind of turned into like, women are just going through shit in general, you know? So we're just like started talking about life in general, like obstacles that we overcome and, you know, we throw some funny in there, a little humor. Um, but we try to bring it full circle, like towards the, you know, towards the end of it. Like, this is what we got from that experience, or this is what we are gaining from these experiences. And we were surprised to know that so many people like that fly on the wall effect, you know what I mean? That whole, you know, damn, I didn't know you was going through that too, or yes, me too, or damn, I don't like my kids either. That is so right. It was like, it was really refreshing to kind of get those experiences. Like even, it's so funny because people don't like to talk about things like sex and stuff like that. And we're like, we'll we'll bring it up every now and then just to make Mm -hmm. people uncomfortable. And it's been great. Like, so people were like, that was very low. Like, I, I really like this sex episode, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, my buddy Mark, my friend Mark, who told me he does uh, Operation um, Tango, Tango Romeo. Yeah. And oh, he wow. told me about you guys. And he's like, nice. and then he texts me. He's like, have you listened to the sex episode? I had no idea. Like, he really was like, I had no <laughs> idea. I'm like, oh, Mark, I love you. <laughs> That was, yeah, so you got dudes listening to that stuff. <laughs> that was so funny. I'm like, and that's and then the of all the episodes, that's the first one. Uh, like, out of the episodes that we did uh, record, 
the that was the one my mom listened to. And oh no! I can't listen to this. I can't listen. I was like, I I, I asked you to listen to the other ones. Yeah. I don't when we talk about our stories, the first listen to the first one. Why would you listen to that one? Oh, my God. Like, doesn't I, even show her. Yeah, mom I don't even talk. show my mom. She she's like, how's the podcast? I I changed the subject because she doesn't even know. <laughs> that I swear like we grew up not being able to say this sucks or why don't you guys shut up me and my three brothers we couldn't say wow. shut up and so now I'm like you're not listening like no but I, I just say all. oh yeah and my yeah. mom says I'm calling Sharon's mom and telling her how to do yeah. <laughs> <laughs> question um whoever wants to jump in first but i want to say what are you living for 
I am living. I am living to leave a legacy. I'm. I, I feel like at this point, I feel like I'm living to uh, have something that to outlive me. If that makes sense, I, mm-hmm. I am. I am living to be able to tell my story and to hopefully help someone years after I am no yes. longer here. And yes. um, that is, I mean, it's not even about money or anything like that. It's it's really about helping people. And a lot of mm-hmm. people. Transparency does help. Vulnerability does help, and I, I do realize everybody can't do it. It's not. It's not easy to be vulnerable or transparent, but it is necessary to so many people. You know, so many people are struggling uh, quietly, and I, I want to be able years from now to be to they hear, to hear me and say, you know, okay, I'm not alone, or somebody else went through this. So at this point, I am I am certainly living to to leave a legacy that will that will certainly outlive me. Yes. 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 So good. So good. <laughs> so that was deep. Um, yeah. <laughs> I was, I, was uh, I feel all selfish and shit. I was like, some living for me. I know. Yeah. Yes, that's fucking great too. That's good too. That is great. Yeah. Yes. Yes. I'm, like, <laughs> I'm living for me because I've changed so much um, from like just childhood transitions through high school, through um, just trauma and my teenage years as I was still trying, as I was still growing to growing into a person. So, um, the stuff that happened during 18 and 19, just during that first tour, kind of like it, 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 uh, catapulted me into like just straight up adulthood to where I had to, you know, live, try to live to the next moment, not get blown up or whatever. So, living for me and continuing to become a better person. Um, and I feel like me, uh, trying every day to be better than the person that I was the day before that would allow me the motivation to leave, leave a legacy or have the motivation to leave a legacy. Like, you know, like Tiffany says, uh, leave a mark on this world, leave something, um, that uh can help give my son a leg up in the world like if i leave here today i'll have something that he could you know get a head start from just being a great um example so just those living for me keeping myself healthy uh grounded mentally um mm-hmm. you know yes awesome those are so amazing. good yeah. so good oh my gosh Damn, deep. <laughs> <laughs> I, I wanted your answer. No, I wanted your answer. I know. <laughs> awesome, right? Because and, and that's like we can come back to this full circle. Because as a woman, you wouldn't normally fucking say that because no. that's yep. not the answer, right? It's like yes. I'm living for you. Yes. Yes. No, like, oh, how you living for you? Oh, how selfish. What about the rest of the world? <laughs> <laughs> But, but if you're if you're not taken care of, no one else around you is, right? Like, and we, right. and when you've gone through something very traumatic, like both of you have, it's like you have to step back and say, who was I serving in that moment? Nobody, yeah. not myself, yeah. not yeah. anybody. It was yeah. that's the selfish part. But you you're unaware of it. 
right? You're so unaware of it at that point. So yeah, it's, yeah. uh, oh my gosh, you guys are the best. I literally, this you guys is are so the good. best. Oh, my cheeks are hurting because I'm laughing so much. Tiffany in her car. Um, Tiffany's in her gonna... car. <laughs> oh, sorry. It was... <laughs> no, it's a crazy day. I know. Yeah. We appreciate it. Okay. But I mean, that's right. That, that's an example of being, you know, just have to make it work, doing it all. Like, you yeah. have a long past couple of days and then it's like no i'm gonna get this done i'm gonna get this out i'm gonna do this shit in my car I, I, yeah that's right. excuses whatever it takes not too long ago he was like when are you coming back i'm like look i have an interview with some canadians and it's serious and i got i'll be back I'm like, i got it <laughs> <laughs> he's like what and i was like Canadians can go fuck themselves, right? Yeah. I, I, I completely lost control. Like, everybody thought, if like when I go back, they don't think I'm on something. Like, what the fuck is wrong with Tiffany? She yells about Canadians, runs our car. I don't know. <laughs> they're coming. They're coming. Like, I don't know. I was like, I told him I was doing a podcast. I said nothing about the Canadians. Are the Canadians. <laughs> yeah, I'm like running to my okay well let's let you get back to your family yeah let's let you go (laughs) appreciate you guys being here it is uh thank you guys thank you guys thank you you. we'll talk to you soon sounds good bye well that's all for this episode thanks so much for listening you can find us on instagram at from uniforms to unicorns uh on all podcast platforms apple spotify speaker all of those also feel free to subscribe you'll be notified of new episodes that come out and we always love a review also feel free to share with anybody you would enjoy we also want to send a big thank you to jamie green for being our podcast editor and to jeff bale at third hell music for our soundtrack Thanks again, everyone. Have a great day, love. Lauren and Sharon.